0: Today, on Bread for the Broken, with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Bread for the broken. I want
1: to know how to hit my knees and pray when it's time to pray. I want to know how to rejoice and praise Him when it's time to praise Him. I don't care who's on the throne. I don't care who's on the throne. It doesn't matter. Because ultimately, you and I are here. Just like any king or ruler has been appointed as a king or ruler for that time, for that moment, you and I have been appointed to be here right now, today, to represent Him.
0: In our world, you might feel a lot like Daniel and his friends in exile in evil Babylon. Your faith in God doesn't belong. Your values contrast strongly with the culture. But you can, like Daniel, stand firm in your faith with courage and integrity without compromise. Today, Pastor James will challenge you to pray for your leaders, stand up for what's right, surround yourself with a group of faithful friends, and give God all of the credit for the way through. Remember, God is sovereign, and none of this is beyond His knowledge or control. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
1: don't care how bad of a leader they are, that doesn't remove the guilt of you not caring about their souls, right? Watch my little spiel there, okay? I'm not a polit- political guy, not at all. Um, I just ex- verbally express to you my own opinions of our current president. Again, I don't think the guy knows what he's doing. Honestly, I just don't. But whatever. My opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could agree or disagree with me. I don't really care. Here's the thing. Am I praying for him? Was I praying for the last guy? What, number 45? Can we? I don't even think we can say the guy's name anymore, right? Donald Trump. He was president. Was I praying for that guy? I was praying for that. Was I praying for the guy before him? Obama? Yeah, I was praying for that guy. Did I agree with no, I did not. I didn't. I haven't agreed with many of the presidents, honestly. But he's still supposed to pray for our leaders. We're still supposed to pray for these guys. And you know what? Just like Nebuchadnezzar, if they're doing something wrong, just hold on for a couple more chapters. God knows how to deal with leaders who have lost their minds, who are sinful leaders. He knows how to get them. He can get them. Maybe that's part of how we pray. Lord, get them. I don't know. Turn them into a cow, Lord. Make them eat grass out in the field like Nebuchadnezzar does. I don't know. But here's the main thing. Nebuchadnezzar is only there because God has allowed it to happen. And he was cruel. He was wicked. Absolutely cruel. I mean, he put out one of the kings of Israel's eyes right after he murdered his had his son's murdered. So that was the last thing he saw. Wicked. He's there because God placed him there. He's there because God placed him there. And he'll be removed when God wants him to be removed that's just how it goes. Strong opinions. That might fire up some people. I know. I get it. Whatever. Um, My email address is ronhint at calvaryhouston.com. I'm just kidding. Uh, That's going to be funny if Ron gets some emails. Um, I love Ron Hint. (laughs) So um, send him an email anyways. um, There you go. James, Pastor James said, uh, no, I didn't. I'm just joking. So anyways, Daniel's letting him know, you're the king because God has placed you there. Um, he's given you the kingdom, power, and the might and the glory. And into whose hands He has given, wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, uh, making you rule over them all. And you are the head of gold, as that immediately goes to Nebuchadnezzar's head. We know that because just read the next chapter. It, totally, it literally goes to his head. He's like, "Whoa, what? Hey, I'm the head of the goal? Like, I'm the head of this thing? And I'm ruling over everything? And yet, that's a bad ruler when it goes to their head. Another kingdom, verse 39, inferior to you shall arise after you. And yet, a third kingdom of bronze, who, which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw the feet and the toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with soft clay. Verse 42, and as The toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw, the iron mixed with the soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together, just as iron does not mix with clay. Verse 44, in and in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. That is the kingdom of God, okay? Just as you saw that a stone was cut from the mountain by no human hand, and that it broke into pieces the iron, the bronze, um, the clay, the silver, and the gold, a great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation sure, So Daniel's basically, is like, Nebuchadnezzar, all right, let me break this down for you, buddy. Um, Here's what you saw. That head of gold, yeah, that's you. That's you. But somebody's going to, they're going to replace you. So the head of gold, it's the Babylonian empire. That's Nebuchadnezzar. It's basically 606 BC to 539 BC. That was when they ruled and reigned. So Daniel's like, yeah, Neb, you're the head of gold, man. You're the head of gold, right? That's that's who you are. Oh, but your, your days are numbered. Your kingdom's numbered. And what God has given you, He's going to take it away. He's going to take it away. So the next guys that show up are going to be the uh, Medo-Persians, right? And that's going to be 539, I think, 539 BC to 332 BC. So they're going to be the next ones. But they're not gold, but they're silver. So the, the value diminishes, but the strength increases, right? So you got gold it's just an amazing metal and all that good stuff. But then the next one up, is it's going to be silver. These are the the Medes and the Persians. They run a little bit different than how the Babylonians were run. They were more of a, Babylonians were more of like, you have King Nebuchadnezzar, who served more as like a dictator. Then you're going to have the Medes and the Persians. And their governmental setup is somewhat similar, but still slightly different, right? So then the bronze part of that, that's the Greek empire. Really, three thirty-two to sixty-eight BC is is going to be bronze or brass. Really, I mean, it's translated can be translated both ways there. So that's representative of Greek. Okay, so they were gonna they're gonna take over from the Medes and the Persians. We're actually gonna see that happen in the Book of Daniel. You see the the three there. You'll see Nebuchadnezzar. Then we'll see when the Medes and the Persians come in, and then you'll you also begin to experience a little bit. Well, to a certain extent, I mean when the When Greece comes in, and some of that's through prophecy and all this good stuff, but the last one there it, it's it's kind of a two parter um, so you have the iron legs that's representative of what some people call Rome one Rome number one, all right There's no like in time, so to speak, for the roman empire um sixty eight b c and there's no real end time because nobody overthrew Rome, so to speak. Now, Rome had collapsed and all this good stuff. And, but there's a defeat with the clay and the iron mixed together. That's the revised Roman Empire, which is actually being slowly developed for the most part right now. Right? So you got 10 little toes, 10 little piggies, and all that good stuff. We're going to be, we'll see this in more specifics once we get to um, Daniel chapter 7, because I mean, we'll interpret a lot of this stuff once we get there. Uh, but this is what Nebuchadnezzar saw, not that image. Um, if, you, if you're thinking like, I don't know what he saw in his dream, what that actually looked like. But that was um, what he had seen was the gold head on the statue, the silver chest and arms, and the bronze or brass midsection there down to the thighs, and then the the legs of iron and then the feet of iron mixed with clay. That's what Nebuchadnezzar is seeing. And God's telling him, He's like, Yeah, after you, there's, this is how it's going to work in world history. There's going to be you guys. Then somebody else is going to take over for you guys. Then somebody's going to overthrow those guys. Then somebody's going to kind of overthrow those guys. But then this last part, that'll be it. There's no more empires. There's no more like defeat. That's, di- that's it. That's where we live today. We're at the feet. We're, it feels like we're stuck in between those toes, honestly, some days where you're like, that's where we live. And we're just waiting for that big rock to be hurled down to obliterate all human forms of government. Human forms of government. Don't Please don't think of me as an extremist, of like, I'm not down with the government or anything like that. But I don't care what governmental system it is. I think ours is like one of the best ones, honestly. But give anything enough time and sin will corrupt it. Because if it's, if it's human made, we're gonna, we, we just know how to wreck things. We know how to spoil things. And we don't want, I don't want a democracy. I want a theocracy. I want a God-governed place. That's the best idea. That's the best idea. And that's what's going to happen. So he lets him know. He's like, that rock, and he doesn't really you know, elaborate too much on what that rock is. But we know it, that that rock is going to come down and smash this thing to pieces, and it's gone. It's dust. It's dust. And the only thing that stands is this rock that develops into this mountain that, oh, that fills the earth. And that'll be really the kingdom the kingdom of God. Nebuchadnezzar gets a little heads up concerning that. There within, like, you know, Daniel, Daniel just graduated from, you know, BU, Babylonian University, right? And so he just, he just graduates, and then he's, he's thrust right into this position of, like, I can't give you the interpretation. I can't tell you what you dream, but I know the one who can. And here's what you dream, Nebuchadnezzar. It's a statue, but here's what it means. As good as man can do, it's not going to last. The best that man has to offer, it's not going to last. And in fact, the metals and the materials, so to speak, diminish in value as you get further down the line. Now, up until the legs, well, up until the feet, the strength was increasing. But then you get to the feet, which is where we live. Clay mixed with iron, it doesn't mix at all. It is absolutely super weak and very brittle. That's the day and age in which we live today. I don't care what what is being communicated to you out there of like how mighty our governmental systems are and all that stuff. They are absolutely the weakest they've ever, ever been. And they are prime for a giant rock to come down and to smash them to pieces. That's what's going to happen. Jesus actually will step down on the Mount of Olives and that thing will split. It's going to split. We went through Revelation. We remember, and if you don't, read back through that book. It's a beautiful book, and you'll be blessed. There's a promise in there that if you read through that book, uh, take your time reading through that book and study through that book, you will be blessed. It's one of the only books that actually says, hey, if you take the time to read through this thing, you will be blessed by it. So read back through it. If you need a blessing, read back through it. We know that those, those governmental toes, so to speak, all try to gather back together, whether it's a revived Roman Empire or Babylon is born again kind of a thing. When Jesus shows up, they're cursing him. And all he has to do is ride back on this white horse and speak a word, and they are gone. They're gone. That's what's going to happen. That's the interpretation. That's what takes place there. Now, we're going to get into that further in in chapter 7. So I don't want to, there's a lot more to that than just like, well, it's the Babylonians, the me, Medes, the Persians. We're going to get into that way, way greater detail down the road. But just, just give me an interpretation, because I really think it's funny, because it doesn't matter what Daniel says to Nebuchadnezzar. All, I think in his brain, all he can think about is that golden head. Because if you read chapter 3, you're like, he sets up a golden statue. He's like, oh, no, I'm not the head. Oh, the whole thing is me. I'm solid gold. It's all gold, Right? He just, I think Daniel probably lost him after. He's like, yeah, the golden head, that's you. And he's like, oh, sweet. And then he starts imagining. He's already drawing like a little doodle on a paper of like building a really tall golden statue, right? Totally misses it, but that's fine. Verse 46, this is the last part. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face. Crazy. This is, that's crazy for him to do this. And paid homage to Daniel. This is like, this is the man. This is Nebuchadnezzar. This is, he's, he's like the man of the known world at that time. And he falls on his face, and he's paying homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering, and incense, be offered up to him. He's like worshiping Daniel, right? Like this is weird, but this is what he does because this is what is probably somewhat normal for him in that pagan environment. King answered and said to Daniel, truly your God is God of gods, Lord of kings, and revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts, and made him ruler over a whole province of Babylon, and a chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. So he just got a big promotion. And all those other guys were like, seriously? (laughs) They're like, they're like, oh, now that kid's in charge? Oh, yeah, that kid's in charge. And you could probably think him because he just saved your life. He just saved your life. That's the other thing. Daniel could have been like, oh, yeah, when you're done killing those guys, I'll tell the king the dream. <laughs> but he, he could have done that. But he's like, no, 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 don't kill anybody. Same guys who are more than likely, some of these guys probably died off by the time Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den because that's many, many years down the road. Could have been some of those guys still around at that time. Don't really know. Doesn't matter. Daniel was willing to risk their lives, um, to you know, not risk their lives, but risk his life to save their lives by offering up himself before the king. So he's made ruler over those guys. Verse 49, Daniel made a request of the king. And he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of, of, of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's court. So there's Daniel Solid guy, solid, tremendous man of God, even though he's young in age, tremendous man of God, who was like, hold on, Nebuchadnezzar. Um, So my three buddies over there, they need to be hooked up as well. Because it was me with them that got this message from God so that we could give it to you. So please don't give me all the stuff They need to be rewarded as well. And that's a beautiful, again, just really cool window into his character and how, I mean, man, what a tremendous guy. He's like, I'm not going to forget my friends. We had that prayer meeting last night or maybe a few hours ago or whatever, whenever it was. But he's like, they should be rewarded because I didn't do this on my own. I didn't even, it was God who gave me the dream. But they were right there with me, right there with me praying. And so you should hook them up as well. And he does. And he promotes those guys. He promotes Daniel. He promotes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then, uh, and then chapter 3 happens. And then he's um, just as quick as he promotes these three guys. But just as quick as he was to promote these three guys, he's like, kill them. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's who you're dealing with here with Nebuchadnezzar. Again, not, not a great leader. He's not a good leader. He's really not. He has his own moment where maybe he comes to Jesus. He had his come to Jesus moment, I don't know, when he was a cow out in the field, and he's eating grass, and he's like, what am I doing? Look at my fingernails. They're horribly long, and I'm a king. Why am I out here in the field? He was a wicked man. He was a wicked man that God used to discipline Israel, but still that God used, that he used. So... I don't, want to, I don't want to harp on that too much. Here's my main thing. I want to be like Daniel. I want to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I know that that's their Babylonian names, so it's just easier to remember sometimes. But I want to be like those guys in the midst of adversity. When well, what do you do? What do you do when there's a, a bad guy on the throne? Well, you pray. You pray. Well then, well, what else do you do? You praise God, you worship God, but what about, yeah? Look, pray, stay focused on the Lord, hear the Lord. Even when you are living in Babylon, you can follow Jesus and celebrate Jesus and worship Jesus and witness for Jesus. You can do all that stuff. Even when they start to clamp down on you and say like, "No, no, no, that's illegal." Well, guess what? You just then you break the rules. You break the rules. If it's a rule that goes against God, you break that rule. That's how it goes. That sounds like controversial. And you're like, well, I don't know. No, no. I, listen, you can live in the midst of Babylon and still be faithful to Jesus. You can live under an oppressive governmental system. And you can live under the midst of, and I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm not saying you have to like it. But you can still be faithful to Jesus. You can still stand for freedom. You can still stand for, you can still fight for freedom. You can still do all those things. Just make sure that you're honoring the Lord as you're doing some of these things. Because that's what Daniel does. I mean, Daniel, I mean, that really just encapsulates Daniel's life. Because Daniel lived in a very corrupt system. He lived in a, under very wicked men, rulers. And they made his religious practices illegal and he broke their rules i want to be like daniel i want to be like daniel i want to know how to stand before kings with dignity and respect i want to know how to hit my knees and pray when it's time to pray i want to know how to rejoice and praise him when it's time to praise him and i don't care who's on the throne i don't care who's on the throne It doesn't matter because ultimately, you and I are here. Just like any king or ruler has been appointed as a king or ruler for that time, for that moment, you and I have been appointed to be here right now, today, to represent him and to do whatever it is he's called you to do. So I don't care how they got there, through fraud or whatever, we have jobs to do. We have jobs to do. We still have to make disciples and tell me that we're still making disciples. Because the excuse, the excuse wouldn't have wouldn't have flown with with Daniel, of like God's like, so Daniel, why didn't you um, man, why didn't you uh, do what I just called you to do in Babylon? Well, you didn't, God, I mean, did you know who was ruling over Babylon when I was there? Like, it's crazy. And God's like, that's that's a lame excuse. It's a lame excuse. James, why weren't you making disciples? Did you see who got elected? Did you see? No, that's lame, James. That's not, that, doesn't, that doesn't absolve your disobedience. Make disciples. Proclaim the gospel. Do those things. Pray for your leaders. I'm not going to tell you how to pray for them. I'll leave that up to you but you <laughs> pray for them cuz i know that's a that can be some of you're like i pray that they get worms oh well that okay i pray that their souls are saved and that they turn to the lord and repent that's what i pray okay there's also parts of le- the leaders that i pray that they get what they deserve to a certain extent cuz there's a lot of bad leaders that are out there that are wicked and they're harming innocent lives how many more babies need to be how many more babies need to be going through what, what, what's happening within our nation? And it's okay by some of our leaders. I'm not okay with that. I pray that they turn to the Lord before they reap what they sow. That's my prayer. And if they don't, then let them reap what they sow. That's how it is. But we need to be praying. I pray that like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're just found faithful. Be bold, be courageous, stand for truth, fight for the amazing freedoms that you, you and I have living here. But man, I pray that our, our following of Jesus is top priority within our lives. And that supersedes anything else that we have going on, so to speak.
2: Hope to, hope to hopeless.
0: The book of Daniel is so interesting because many of the prophecies spoken of have played out in the course of history. What an amazing glimpse of what was to come ahead of time. If there's one thing that's for sure about prophecy in the Bible, it is going to come true. Some of these things might seem a little scary or altogether strange, but how cool is it that God brings everything to a place where He's in control? and He'll bring about good in the end. If you're wrestling with things being out of your control, be reminded through the book of Daniel that God has got this. Here at Bread for the Broken, we want to be a support to you in whatever you're currently walking through. And if you'd like to use us as a resource or just give a listening ear, we're here for you. Go to breadforthebroken.com and click on Contact to leave a message for us. We'd love to get to know you in person, too. So join us Sundays or Wednesdays as we study God's Word together. Head on over to BreadForTheBroken.com to find out our service times and directions. We're so grateful for our listening audience. And if this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you consider teaming up with us in a financial way? Much is done to get these teachings on the radio and we're thankful for those who feel led by God to contribute in such a way. Simply go to the about tab on our website and you'll find a donate link. Also, if you missed any part of today's teaching, you can find it on our website, breadforthebroken.com. Thanks again for listening today to Bread for the Broken.